This is The Naturalist. In every episode, we're covering the products, ideas, and trends that are shaping the CPG industry. Or that we just really like. So what have we got today? You know what we have today. I do. I like you over there, all cool, calm, and collected. Yeah, this is a very, very special episode. We had the opportunity to talk with Jay Shetty for The Naturalist. Woohoo! <laughs> Jay Shetty, of course, the Jay Shetty, is a global best-selling author. Um, I'm reading Think Like a Monk right now. You just finished... Eight Rules of Love, Eight his Rules. latest book. Yeah. And, of course, he has a health and wellness podcast called On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Just such an incredible person. He's also on Calm, the app Calm. If you have that app, you can hear his soothing voice and words of wisdom on that app. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I just saw this stat. He is kind of the ultimate global influencer. He has 50 million followers across his platforms. And he's got videos that have been viewed more than 10 billion times. Billion with a B. Billion with a B. And, you know, another really exciting thing happening with Jay Shetty is that he launched a brand in the CPG industry with his wife, Roddy Shetty. The company is Juni, and it's an adaptogenic sparkling tea company. Yeah, and the company was actually, had they had a booth at Expo East, so we got the chance to try his teas, visit the booth, talk to Jay Shetty, and I can't say enough about the experience. What a What a magical moment. And in our conversation with him, he has all these pieces of advice for entrepreneurs and for really anyone in the natural products industry, building their career, doing great work in the world. And he talks about how to infuse purpose and love into your profession. So without further ado, Jay Shetty. Jay, you know, these messages of curiosity, connection are so key. They're in your book, Eight Rules of Love, which I as I noted, I'm just giving out advice based on that book. I'm not sure if that's right or wrong, but it's so it's so well written and so many valuable lessons. As I was going through it, I couldn't help but think, you know, all of this is so relevant, of course, to our personal relationships, but to our professional lives and our professional relationships as well. You touched on some of the big themes, but are there other takeaways from that book that you think are relevant to people? working in the natural products industry that they can bring with them through their careers? Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that I I talk about in the book that I think can help from a business perspective is don't ignore your karma. And karma is a very popular word, but, and often we think about karma as what goes around comes around, but karma is so much more about learning from other people's mistakes. And I think we live in a world where we, and I do this all the time as a founder, I keep making mistakes that someone else has made in the past. And it would be so much healthier if I just spent a bit of time studying someone else's mistakes and journey, not to avoid them, we're still gonna make mistakes, but to just accelerate that point. And that's the point of karma. Karma exists as a reflection point to say, oh, where has someone else gone wrong in the past? Where has someone been tripped up? What was someone not self-aware about or not conscious of that they missed. Right. And that applies in our love life for sure, but it definitely applies in our work life. And in our work life, the data is more available, right? In your love life, you don't really go up to your friend and go, so tell me about your karma, right? Like where have you gone wrong in dating before? 
Uh, but in business, it's really easy to sit down with a founder and say, what are the mistakes I'm going to make in the first 12 months? What are the challenges I'm going to face in the next three years? And I think having those conversations up front rather than kind of having this idyllic view of things working out. And that's something I've been learning too and we've been focusing on as well. So I think finding that mentorship, that guidance, that coaching is huge. And I think that's been huge for us at Juni. Has there been a lesson learned already in being in the CPG industry that you've applied early on that you think would be relevant to this? this I, I'd say it's that. I'd say it's mentorship. I think mentorship and guidance is so vital, especially like I'm completely new to this industry. I'm a complete student and novice in this space. And I think knowing that there are people who've done this successfully for 5, 10, 15, 25 years who can lend their insight and their knowledge. And I think a lot of us, you know, sometimes you feel like you need to have a mentor who's sold their company for a lot of money. But I actually find having a mentor who's just three years ahead or five years ahead can be hugely impactful because that person's actually walking in the footsteps. Uh, sorry, you're going to walk in the footsteps that they've just left behind. Yeah. And so actually being around someone who's just a couple of steps ahead of you can actually be the most powerful thing. Yeah. Now, I want to talk about just kind of this bigger idea. I, I'm sure you've picked up on this already in your early days in the CPG industry and in the natural products space. And all of your products are USDA organic, I saw, yeah. right? Which is amazing. But, you know, this idea of kind of packaging your purpose, can you do that? Can you riddle me this, Jay Shetty? Can you <laughs> package purpose? You know what? So I've thought about this for a long, long time. And I spent a lot of time reflecting on human change and human behavior. And so everything that I've been doing online for the last few years has been dedicated to helping people make shifts and changes in their life. And a lot of that is wisdom-based, a lot of it's knowledge, a lot of it's meditation practices, mindfulness practices. But what I found is that our life is full of choices about physical things that we do every day. We all have to drink certain things. We all have to eat certain things. We all have to make choices about what we put on our bodies and what we put in our bodies. And until we have alternatives and options in that space, it becomes really difficult to make human change. So I was giving the example of, you know, me and my wife. So before I met my wife, I would gladly pick up a sugary drink to get energy or focus when I was doing a tough task. Now that may actually make me successful in the short term, but I know the long-term implications of that. And so for me, not having a healthy alternative choice for that or an option actually doesn't matter how much mindfulness and meditation I tell someone to do if they can't find that product. And I have so many products that I love that I couldn't live without. I've, I, my addiction for chocolate was curbed by uh, using monk fruit. So I've, I've been eating a lot of monk fruit as a, as a substitute for that or trying to find alternatives that don't have the ingredients that I don't want them to have or natural ingredients. And so the point I'm making is, I think that we need products to be built with purpose, remind us of our purpose and keep us healthy and well. And if we don't productize purpose, then basically we're saying that we're gonna productize unpurposeful things, which doesn't excite me as a consumer and it also doesn't excite me as an entrepreneur. And so when I'm walking around here and looking around at the products I consume, I'm grateful to founders for creating alternatives for people like me because otherwise I don't know what I would eat and I don't know how I'd change my habits if there weren't products on the market. Yeah, interesting. And it seems all these products are just fueling us to do the good work in the world, all of the amazing work you do in the world. And so too is the, the founder mindset. And you talk about this idea of finding 
what you love and what you're good at. And I think many people in this room feel like they've found that. But what are some things we can do to just do a check-in and make sure that we're existing in that space where those two worlds meet? There's, so there's this amazing book called Flow. And if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And the author in Flow, he talks about this idea that... So for those of you who don't know or, or would like some more information, Flow State is what athletes, what musicians what singers experience when they're kind of in the zone or in flow when you watch someone do something phenomenal and you think how did they access that and so he breaks it down very clearly and the author says that flow state is achieved when your skills meet your challenge so when they're equal when your skill and challenge meet each other that's when you experience flow but he says most of us experience two different things most of us experience our skills being above our challenges. So if your skill is above your challenge, you're gonna be bored, you're gonna be lethargic, you're gonna get complacent, kind of what happens to those big companies that get disrupted. Or we experience the opposite where your challenge is above your skills and you get disheartened, you get disappointed, you get stressed out, potentially leading to much worse things than all of those, a lot of pressure. And so what I would check in, and I check in with myself personally about this is, are my skills matching my challenge? Your challenge is always going to keep growing as an entrepreneur, as a business person. What skill do I not have? What tool do I not have? What, do I, what have I not yet learned in order to improve? So for me, for a few years, my biggest challenge was I was, things were growing fast for me personally, and I hadn't really learned how to hire and recruit. And that was a big skill that I had to learn and invest in. And so for me, I'm always looking at what skill do I not have, not what's my problem. I think we all have problems, but it's what's the skill, what's the tool, what's the strength that I don't have yet, that if I developed, my problem will actually be taken care of and I'll actually get to be in flow state. So if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. I love that framing. I think that's very helpful. Question just about influence. I think in this industry, everyone's an influencer. Our retailers, our brands, our yeah, everyone who's going out there trying to do something good. How can people think about using their influence as a force for good to help people and planet? What's one thing they can go out into the world and do today? I think you're all doing it already, probably. I'm assuming from the incredible types of products that I've seen here, everyone's doing it because they want to improve people's lives. And I think if that's an intention that you set every morning and that's an intention that you set in your meetings and that's an intention that you set in your company mission, I think it's that, it's that, it's that idea of how are we setting that intention every day and everything we do of how can we create something that improves and betters humanity in whatever way we do it, right? And so I think setting that intention and always reconnecting to it in everything we do is a really beautiful place to start. And it's hard, it's, it's a hard landscape right now to do that. I'm not perfect, I don't get it right all the time, I make mistakes. I'm sure, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard time to have influence in any capacity. And so I think the goal is, for me at least, is I'm always checking in with myself and saying, is my intention right? Am I doing as much research as I can? Is my heart in the right place? Am I attempting to the best of my ability to understand the communities I serve, communities I'm connected with? Am I doing the work behind the scenes, not just in front of the camera? And that, that takes a lot of time and effort. But I think if that's the culture that you're setting, then I think that goes a long way. And you reminding people of that, whatever you are in this community is really, really important. Thanks, Jay. 
you so much, Jay. We are unfortunately at, we've been at zero for about seven minutes and I'm like, I don't want to stop. I'm going to ask you one more question because this has been the theme of our, one of the themes of our event here. I would love for you to answer in a sentence or two. What does responsible innovation mean to you? It's a great question. Responsible innovation means innovation that is grounded in a clear intention, in action that is based on emotion, research, human behavior, where we're really looking at the potential consequences of the work that we're testing or doing, the hypothesis that we have. We're almost preempting it. We're thinking already about where it could go or what it could be. And I think it comes with the ability to take accountability and responsibility again when things may still go wrong. I think it's hard to live in a perfect world and assume that we can be so responsible that we may never make a mistake. And often when you try and be that, you may never do anything. But responsible innovation to me means we're always okay with giving ourselves a second chance and giving others a second chance as well. I think it's understanding that we're all human and we make mistakes and we're imperfect and saying I'm okay with taking responsibility and accountability to learn and refresh and take a new step or a new direction. And I'm going to be okay with letting other people do that as well. I think we're living at a time where we struggle giving others grace because we struggle giving ourselves grace and we struggle giving ourselves grace because we struggle giving others grace. We put pressure on others because we put pressure on ourselves. We hold other people to high standards because we push ourselves to standards we can't reach. And I think if we were all able to just be a bit more empathetic, compassionate and patient with each other, I think more people would feel more comfortable taking responsibility and innovating responsibly. Thank you for filling our cups for the day, for the year. Thank you, Jay. Well, that's a wrap. What a great conversation with Jay Shetty. We're going to play that over and over and over again. So now's the time we would typically do the list, but we're not going to do it this week. We've got a lot to think about after that interview. Absolutely. What a great way to wrap up the year and think about the work that we do and how you know, our careers, our professions can have a positive impact on the world. Yeah, thanks for listening. Want to be on The Naturalist? Send us an email at thenaturalist at newhope.com.